Hello and welcome to the Legends of Tabletop podcast. We're getting ready to jump into a session zero for a brand new Core Worlds campaign. Uh, it's going to be the runner setting created by our own Jesse. Whether or not this even releases as an episode, time will tell. But we're going to treat it as such. Uh, we've got, I would say, a special guest star. But like, if he's going to be on like all the time, then it's kind of not like a Anyway, we're going to have Dan from Fandible playing with us. That's super exciting for me personally because they're the best podcast ever. But I'm going to stop gushing because whatever. I'm going to kick it to Jesse and uh, let him tell us whatever he's going to tell us and we'll figure some stuff out, I guess. I bring John, 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 you just said it all. You left nothing more for me to say. So. No, yeah. So this is, um, you know, our session zero. I don't know why I use the air quotes for that because it is literally a session zero. But yeah, this is you know, you, we're we're setting up the the world and the situation and the uh, the kind of smaller microcosm that you'll be starting in, and then get into character development and all that kind of fun stuff. And depending on where that goes, we have a few, I have a few different ideas for what we might do with the, um, with the adventure. And uh, we will, we might get into some suit building and all that kind of stuff as well. So with um, one real quick thing um, with runners, the character stats aren't necessarily as important like they are important and they do play in, you know, tangentially, especially with gathering information and all that kind of stuff. But when it comes to the actual run, it has a lot more to do with the suit and the tech. So that's kind of where more of the focus is in terms of the actual building. So one of my ideas that I have, we won't be focusing on that as much, at least in the very beginning. But I'm open to anything, so we can uh, we can figure out from there. Um, so first, the um, the world itself right now it's a near future Earth. I set it kind of for Legends fans, uh, like a little bit after uh, like the Day Trippers era. So I think that's like. 2100 around 2200 ish um so we're playing probably about at this point about 150 oh well like probably about 200 or so years in the future right is my math right yeah there you go maybe no i think it's i think our <laughs> campaign was 21 like 21 20 like it was the current years we were playing but like 2100 instead of 2000 oh was it all right yeah yeah, so yeah. we're probably dealing. Uh, we're probably dealing about um, about 150, 160 years in the future. Then, so it's uh, after the Republicans took the House and the Senate and the presidency <laughs> and the war and nuclear. <laughs> yeah. Oh right. Yeah. yeah it's fine. No, you go ahead. Go. You go ahead. <laughs> no, that's like eight years from now. That's <laughs> <laughs> it's after after that. Um, <laughs> um, game got it. There's an after yeah, after yeah. that. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're assuming there is going to be an after after that's <laughs> um, but yeah, so it takes place um, this 
this world takes place about 150, 160 years in the future. In the rule book, in the book, I, I'm not specific about it, uh, mainly because I'm not specific about a lot of things. You'll notice in like money and um, distance is like blocks. And I kind of purposely leave it vague because I like people to be able to into it whatever they want. So if you think a block is like 100 meters or 1,000 meters, ultimately it doesn't really matter. Um, but yeah, so, you know, we basically, it's near future. There has been a nuclear war. And one of the things I also leave vague, and I'll, I'll actually be putting this in the rules eventually when I finally flesh everything out. The extent to which there is this kind of burnt, area like where there's this nuclear devastation isn't solidified so it's kind of like um what was that what was that zombie movie 30 days or it i really can't remember it down right it was one of the it was one what was yeah. that kevin was that the 28 days later that 28 days later there you go so you know how like you know your kind of assumption at the very beginning of the movie spoilers for like a 15 year old movie <laughs> Um, but you know, the assumption is that it's almost like a worldwide kind of thing, right? Like, but then you realize that like, oh no, shit, the zombies are like just in, in England or whatever, wherever they were. But, um, but yeah, so it's the same thing here. Like we don't, you don't necessarily know if the entire world is devastated like this, if it's just your continent, if it's just your coast, you have no idea, but we kind of play on the assumption, at least you have to live in this area so that's all you know so you know it doesn't matter if it's just you know wyoming that's devastated or the entire u.s or the entire northern hemisphere it doesn't matter because you're stuck here anyway so but yeah so you live in a null zone which is kind of a lower to no radiation area it's like the pocket in between where people have eked out existences and over the last, you know, 20 or 30 years managed to actually build up something, uh, you know, sustainable. Um, technology still exists. You know, there is the future tech. There are some areas that we're able to harvest and, and you know, plan ahead and uh, still live in the current, you know, 2150s technological landscape. Whereas there are then some of your more agricultural areas that, you know, think of it like uh, like Tatooine from Star Wars. Like it's a shithole and it's hard living, but they still have like moisture evaporator, you know, and all this kind of stuff. They still have technology to keep things going. So it's going to be the same thing. You'll still have solar panels and, you know, some you know, your basic technology that's still better than what we have today. It's just more of a um, rudimentary mechanic, no play stuff. It's all uh, efficient technology. Does that all make sense for everybody? Yep. Yep. Yeah. All right. So now we'll get down to what runners are. A runner is basically a delivery person. (laughs) <laughs> you're kind of like the uh like the pony express of the 22nd century um, oh no we're amazon delivery people do we get a suicide box too or what 
<laughs> no, you do have to piss in your suit, but your suit actually uh, it, it actually recycles the urine, and that's what you drink. So it oh, works out. Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> give me the box. Yeah. <laughs> um so yeah you're but it's to be a runner is also kind of a fairly high-end job mainly because not a lot of people want to do it it's super dangerous most runners die in like their you know mid 40s if they're lucky you might have a good career of like 10 15 years before you finally die of radiation exposure and it's also super dangerous because you're going out there a lot of times with no backup other than, you know, if you run with a crew, uh, but you're going up against, you know, giant mutated animals and uh, scavengers that might live in uh, small safety pockets within the burnt and you're traveling, you know, for several hours, sometimes even days in this with you know little no protection other than your suit so uh you know it's super dangerous but because of that and you you're the ones that transport necessary goods most of the time because the null zones are so pocketed and cut off from each other trade is super valuable because you know you can't just order you know oh well you know we're kind of short on you know uh say sand to make you know glass and cement right now we're a little short but you know uh you know we'll just order some and uh and it'll show up on a truck in a few days and it's like that's that's not gonna happen (laughs) so uh so runners being able to you know, actually get goods from one place to another is how most of these null zones survive. Ooh, I have a question. Yes. Which hadn't occurred to me when we, you know, when you wrote it and we, you know, read through it and everything. Yeah. Um, why couldn't there be a truck? I mean, no, just no fuel. I mean, uh, is there it, is, is. I there mean, a- yeah, there's. Uh, so that's one thing, too, is that you, you know, uh, everything base, you know, it's kind of like almost roads solar punk. destroyed. Yeah, there's no roads. You know, cities are destroyed. So runners, you know, are small and, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, somewhat nimble. So you can get through the areas. Um, so, you know, there's cities are dead. You know, and when you shoot off nuclear weapons, what do you look for? You look for, you know, high populated areas, density, all that kind of stuff. So and you look for infrastructure. So, you know airports cities industrial areas all that those are all completely for the most part completely destroyed Um, so you know getting a truck from one place to another is pretty much impossible and that was the vibe i picked up when we played it that was that was the way i kind of felt was you know we went out on a run because every 10 feet you go there's just (laughs) the rubble everywhere (laughs) exactly yeah so you know that that kind of fit in and that, that that seemed you know, to, to fit in with the fact that you're actually having groups go out and do these things instead of, you know, giant convoys, you know, blasting through or anything. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. That makes sense. God, Cause I was thinking like, well, fuck, you could just slap one of those, uh, you know, uh, reactors on a, you know, rip out the engine block and throw on a reactor and, you know, <laughs> right. just go from here to there. Right. Like why the hell wouldn't you do that then? Right. But yeah, right, yeah. yeah every, everything's all fucked up. So 
Makes sense. And because I didn't want to make a futuristic long haul truckers video uh, <laughs> for RPG. Oh shit! Now I kind of wanna. <laughs> oh, we'll deal with that later. And I think the other thing, and Jesse, tell me if this is wrong, but I think when we played, it was you have to go somewhere to find something, right? No, obviously not every run's gonna. Well, be, that was so. That. Uh, so Kevin's talking about the first game that we did. You guys were um, were brand new runners, and so that was like your your okay, your, yeah, right, your yeah. entry entrance so exam. That, okay, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So but yeah, if you were in if you were in a big reactor truck, and they said go find something, it's going to be kind of hard if you're just blasting <laughs> blasting through. Right. Yeah. Over. Plus, you I mean, have the one protection then either, right? Because you wouldn't be in a suit; you'd just be a dude in a truck. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I mean, one of the thing, one of the big uh, dangers that you have going into the into the burnt too, is there are people both from other null zones. But more importantly, people, there's uh, these small area called scrubs within the burnt. They're usually super small places where maybe a few dozen, maybe 20 people live that they use technology to actually, they, they almost live in like a small tent or like a dome. And they literally, the reason they're called scrubs is they, because they use technology to actually like scrub the air to make, to remove the radiation and, and, and other particles out of it but they need technology to keep those going so there are scavengers that will run the burnt and uh you know they're looking for scrap and things like that but you'll usually find the best and newest or at least the the most well upkept technology on a runner so that's, you know, if if you had giant convoy trucks that were able to go through from, you know, that's a super easy target. So runners at least can attempt to avoid danger or run away from it. Run away! <laughs> no Just me? All right. Okay, go ahead. Continue. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So what we'll be doing tonight is kind of figuring out where you guys live. John came up with the really good idea of uh, generating a null zone, which is in the book. So kind of coming up with the area that you live in, where you're starting off and all that kind of stuff. And that will give us an idea that can kind of lead into why you're a runner and who you're running for. If anybody, you can, you know, that's one thing, too, is that runners can work for giant corporations. You could effectively be like the equivalent of an Amazon delivery person working for a giant megacorp. You could be a runner that is financed by your zone uh, because you need, you know, you they need somebody to get goods in and out. Or you could be self-financed. Um and just, you know, an independent runner. But uh, one one of the things is that runner suits are super expensive. You know, and one of the things is there, you know, there is money still, obviously. Capitalism, even after, uh, even after the apocalypse, um, apparently doesn't end. So there's so. still... Right. <laughs> so there is, you know, but money can it's it's money's a little bit more fluid. Um, so there's there might be scripts, you know, bills or whatever that are just traded within that null zone. 
you know, they could work on a cred system, you know, basically just credit cards and digital currency for those uh, more upkept with technology. You could also find yourself in a no zone that's uh, very agrarian and only uses the barter system. You don't really know. But aside from that, runners work on rep, you know, reputation, basically. Because the stuff that you are buying, you know, the parts that you buy are so vastly over the price of anything that anybody else would buy. Um, you know, it, I think the the general understanding is that one rep is about 10,000 of, you know, insert dollar here. So even your most basic reactor that you're going to buy is, you know, a third of somebody's yearly income. And that's something that a runner is like, oh, yeah, I guess I just made three rep from my last run, you know, from all the scavenge and everything that uh, all the scrap that I got and all this. So, yeah, I guess I'll I'll spend, you know, twenty thousand dollars on some new thrusters like (laughs) so so that's why we kind of break that down a little bit more to make it you're you're dealing on a far greater scale than anybody else around you for the most part um so yeah i guess the the first thing we should get into then is um is making up your your null zone because that'll give us a a good idea a good starting place all right does anybody else have questions before we jump into it? No, nothing that won't come out when we start making the character. So I think it was more just yeah. some some in between us questions, but we'll we'll build that out when we build the characters. Sounds good. When you when you say sell finance, you mean like mom and dad gave you the money, like Elon Musk, or like actually? That's that's one thing that um that we can figure out as we go too. You know, you could be uh you know wealthy you know trillionaire got money from your parents um you could have you know hit the jackpot you could be you know actually an an inventor and engineer unlike elon musk and actually have created something useful and gotten money from that uh that's kind of that's one thing that you can work out um in depending on what you want to do in backstory and all that kind of stuff and with the light shapers and everything and who knows, you could have also incurred just a shit ton of debt in order to finance your uh, your running. So there could be a corporation out there that um, or, you know, there could even be a bank that it was like, hey, you're, you're showing some promise. We'll lend you, you know, thirty thousand dollars in order to get your uh, get your running career up and going. But uh, but now you owe us. So all possibilities. Um, so, yeah. So I think for the um, for the null zone generation, if anybody does want to follow along, it's on page nine of the uh, of the PDF. But I think what we'll do is actually just go around and have everybody either um, you can either choose whatever you think looks cool or if you want you can uh you can roll everything is done on a d6 for it so yeah so we'll basically just start and go around the horn and we'll roll up stuff 
until uh, until we have a null zone. And uh, we'll tweak afterwards. If we think that one, if that something doesn't make sense or that, you know, we'd like this option better, you know, we can always screw with it afterwards. Nothing is permanent. So, uh, so John, why don't you go ahead and give us our first... <coughs> D6. This is going to be for the foundation of the null zone. So this is the, basically the area, the, um, the geography of what the null zone was built up on. Cool, cool. I am using a uh, what, uh, Kurt? What's what's Tracy's thing? Mid Midwest resin dice. Mid Midwest resin geek. Midwest resin geek. So I'm using my awesome dice that uh, Kurt's wife Tracy made. You should check it out. They're awesome. I should put I a link in the show notes. You should. Uh, I got a six, sir. See, they even roll high. They're awesome. Look at which is <laughs> yeah, they're all they're all weighted so that you will always roll the maximum number. <laughs> <laughs> I will say most of the time when I roll for when we do the core noir game or whatever, I usually roll really high. So <laughs> it's not it's not, a, it's not good for John usually, but it's still it's all those extra BBs that you put in. Yes. All right. So yes, that's icy. That's icy. Yes. Ooh. Interesting. So this is the null zone that we're gonna be starting in. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So icy makes me think of more like up north. That's that's gonna be your like northern Canada or uh, Alaska or the. uh, the Scandinavian area, maybe is in northern Russia. So that might be interesting. All right. How about Dan? Why don't you give us our next D6? This is sure going to be uh, what it currently is. So this is basically the size of the null zone as it is right now. Gotcha. I'm going to, I'm going to roll using my uh, $3 dice app on my phone, uh, alas. Uh, let's see. Uh, that's, well, that's that's a six again, apparently. Oh, uh, ooh, oh, dear. That appears to be Metropolis, which gives us a plus yes. one technology. So we are. It's cold, cold but we're, do, we're doing well up here. Right, yeah. So clearly this null zone had prepared ahead of time. Well, maybe it makes sense, right? Like if it's Alaska or one of Scandinavian countries that it's a little bit more set apart, right? So maybe it wasn't as uh, heavily bombarded, perhaps. Right, yeah. It also could have been like... To, uh, oh, sorry, I was going to say, already used to living under relatively harsh conditions. So Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Nice. All right, Kurt, why don't you give us our next D6? This is what style of leadership the, te- the Null Zone has. Okay. Um, so this is actually it's basically the governmental system that is that is in place. Okay. And unfortunately, I don't have my dice with me because I'm going to be moving a couple of times tonight. So I'm going to use an app myself. Yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> boy, this must be a theme because I rolled a six also. <laughs> <laughs> just what used up all those good rolls in the session zero. Got it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. <laughs> We're all gonna die. <laughs> oh, boy. So that is a drafted council. In essence, it is a leadership by committee. So you have a group of people that um, you know that lead the ta- that lead this you know metropolis, this giant city in the north. But there's no there. It's it's not a voting. So everybody 
is included. You know, it could be every year, every two years, whatever, you know, time period there is, but each cycle there's, it's basically a lottery system. And when your name is drawn, you become part of the council for that period of time. You can get an interesting mix of, you know, people who have no fucking clue what's going on people who are super interested and prepared for the job you know so basically they're... like our current system just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, really i know this is very heavy handed right away but believe me it will get very rp and good later so i apologize if <laughs> like, what the come, come for the rp and, and stay for the social commentary yes um all right well this is gonna get interesting um kevin why don't you go ahead and roll for the law and then add plus one to your roll yes uh we get plus one from the uh leadership correct oh is that okay is that what that was the one plus okay i gotcha the I broke the Satan roll 666. It was a beer frame. <laughs> um, interesting. So customary law is, um, you know, I'm actually going to have to, re- I believe it. it's based off of, you know, basically ancient, you know, or, or, uh, established customs way. within yeah. the society. What was that, John? I say we've always done it this way. This is this is you know we just keep doing exactly. It this way yeah, that's what we yeah. know. These are the laws because these have always been the laws. Except um, when you just want to strike down established case law, and no, that's, no, that's <laughs> go, go so I have a thought on how this the way it's playing out but let's do all the mm-hmm. roles first and then i'll throw that out and see if anyone else yeah i guess uh, the technology Absolutely. role might just like throw yeah. a real curveball at us <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that may definitely feed into what i was thinking so let's wait till all the roles are done in that right um all right so john why don't you go ahead and give us our technology law role and you're going to get a plus one on this from it being a metropolis yeah uh, it's going to be a five so current five current all right yeah so that um that basically means that we're dealing in you know modern time technology which is still you know we're still dealing in 2150s technology so that means that you know there's there's ar and drones and uh you know everybody's you know everything's running off of solar panels and wind farms and all this kind of stuff and so it's very comfortable basically you're still stuck within you know you you can't go traveling outside of the metropolis but you know it's still a very superfluously comfortable existence yes as post-apocalypsis go you know not the worst (laughs) right yeah Yeah. (laughs) we're stuck here but it's pretty nice so Um, all right, Dan, why don't you go ahead and finish us up with the border roll? And um, okay, from our technology level, you'll be getting a plus one on this as well. Gotcha. All right, let's see. Reroll. That is a two plus one, three. So weak three. borders. A weak border. Interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
So they, uh, it could be a couple, it, it could be a few different things depending, um, you know, they could feel uh, just comfortable in their surrounding. It could be that the bulk of the population and the technology is dedicated to the central area of the metropolis and that it kind of spreads out and gets a little less so on the fringes. You know, it really, we can, uh, we can, uh, as we kind of figure out exactly what your, your city is, um, you know, we can determine that. So, so maybe with a, I was going to say, kind of uh, maybe with a weak border, maybe something like we're up north enough that there's like a significant physical barrier, right? Like there's some mountains or something in between that's us. True. So that's yeah. why like, Oh yeah. We've never invested much in like a strong, like border defense, not a lot of patrols or whatever, because we've, we can, we're kind of counting on the terrain for that makes sense. Yeah. You know, interesting move. Con, let's see how that works out for them. Right. Cause they, right, they also yeah. seem like a very rich target. you know it's the classic uh classic castle scenario you know why build a wall when this mountain is doing the job for us so right right. um all right kevin you said that you uh you had a thought well i think so i think that the the thing that triggered it in my mind is when we said you know when you were listening that you know when john was listening the different land masses that could be an icy metropolis Mm -hmm. so we're saying it's icy so that's north it's kind of a city it's kind of got a draft of council, so it's picked by law, picked by like a lottery, mm-hmm. and then like it's customary. Uh, so you know, you go with you know whatever. It almost sounds like a company town, right? And when when you were saying like northern Russia, so all the old the old industrial military sites, all those cities that were like almost blank cities outside of the Soviet Union, were in the north. They were big, you know, sprawl and all the big mining cities and things like that. So the drafted council could be, you know, all the employees or whatever that live there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was it didn't have to be Russia. But that that's what stuck in my mind was you're in the north. It's cold. It's isolated. It's a mm-hmm. big ass city. And everybody gets a t- chance to, you know, take a shot at. It. So, you know, if it's in Canada or northern U.S., maybe maybe the union runs it. Right. <laughs> the, the drafted council. Everybody gets a shot. So I don't know. Yeah. If, and, and like Dan said, depending on the current, so it's current technology. So that, <laughs> that helps if it was, you know, primitive, then that kind of throws it out the window, but maybe it's an old industrial city, almost like a company town that maybe yeah. is the big mining area or there was a big steel plant or something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, that kind of has that feel of, you know, the, the kind of the different hits that we did on those roles. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. It it could even, you know, it it has the, it could have the feel of like it's you know they kept up on all the current technology because it was industrial, because it was important. But as you said, it's kind of like a it's kind of almost like a black site. Like it, you know, it, the 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 country, you know, let's say it is like Russia, you know, they kind of kept it off the books. They didn't, you know, nobody necessarily knew about it. It's, it's way up there. So, you know, it didn't really necessarily register or maybe it was as like a sufficient enough target. That exactly. um, So it wasn't, maybe, maybe it wasn't a military site. So like, exactly. Yeah. It wasn't an armaments kind of thing. Maybe it was just, Maybe, like Joe was saying, maybe it was a big Amazon distribution center. You know, I maybe it's just it had that critical mass of it was almost like a city unto itself. It was that big. Yeah, yeah, it was. Actually, mining I, or, yeah. 
Something yeah, like actually, I had, a, it's, I had a thought. So one of the things that I haven't put in this yet, but that will that will eventually be part of it is um, what the Null Zone has a surplus of and what they are lacking in. And so one of the thoughts, so when you were talking about it, Kevin, um, what if the reason this wasn't necessarily a high value target is because it's it's kind of still a holdover from the old technology. Uh, so like maybe it is a mining facility, but it's mining like coal or something, you know, it's, it, you know, it's, it's something that most people thought wasn't useful. Well, yeah. Um, if, if, so if that's why it was. Yeah. If it's in the future, then it's not doing, you know, exactly. Yeah. Rare earth, rare earth minerals or anything. It's old. Right. Yeah. You know, old, yeah. Yeah. I mean, or at least at this point, you know, the, the minerals that are more important are like cobalt and lithium and things yeah. like, you know, things to make batteries and technology. Whereas your, your more old school mining facilities aren't necessarily as important because that technology isn't used anymore, but for whatever reason, yes. No, I didn't want to cut you off mid sentence. (laughs) So if it was was something like coal, right. So it was kind of phased out. So like maybe there were still, you know, a decent enough deposits there, but you know, with the switch to geothermal and, and solar mm. and that kind of stuff because the technology was better, right? 21, whatever. Right. But now that, you know, maybe we're in a nuclear winter still and solar is not as efficient or, you know, geothermal is not as efficient because the planet is cooled. Now right. people are using coal again, at least in our area. Right. right? So like yeah. we have a surplus that we can then trade so people can, you know, heat their place if we're in an icy, you know, mm. cool area. Because mm-hmm. of a you know climatological shift because of the war, right? Yeah. So like it wouldn't even have to be Alaska necessarily. We could be in, you know, Montana, Wyoming, South Dakota, North Dakota, but because of nuclear winter, the True, climate yeah. has shifted. So even you know lower, you know, forty eight states are colder. Be, your hotters are hot, your hot's hotter. Yeah, we we can be in Kurt's backyard. Yeah, true. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's already cold for nine about. months. You know, no one's going to care about coal pollution, right? Because we just right. the world. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. and that that would explain maybe why we're doing well because we we've been able to keep industry running at a much more efficient pace than like maybe other communities have had to be forced to to rely on solar, uh, and you know, so they can only run their industry during certain times. They don't have enough batteries oh, to like, keep going at night. But those coal engines, those can run all day, all night. You know, so long as you keep feeding them. Yeah, and if it's a nice. uh, so if it's like a like Kevin was saying, like a company town, it could be that the 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 money you know, the money system is script then, right? So like it would be like right, yeah. you know like a you know an old mining town or an old you know train town kind of thing where they just pay and script. So you're locked into you know in our current iteration like. If you worked on the train and you're in this town, it's a company town. Like they give you script and you can only use it to buy the products that the company mm-hmm. provides. Right. The so like one, maybe it's sort yeah. of a holdover. Yeah. The one thing I will say is it is current technology. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think, and remember current isn't like our time, but future time. 
So I think I like the I like that idea of having like a company fund. But what do you think of ter- of making it more of like a like a credit card type thing? I would I'm thinking kind of has anybody has everyone seen Obi-Wan yet? Mm-hmm. I did. I don't want to re- <laughs> hmm? I did. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, you know, when he, every time he punches out, you know, they have that little cred stick mm-hmm. that they, that they stick into the gonk droid and that's how they get paid. And it could be like similar, like you have like your cred stick that all of your money goes on, but it's all, it's like run by the company, right? It's you're, you're getting, you're getting like coal bucks. Like or like coal creds. And that feeds into what John was saying, right? So we're not going with the old, you know, West Virginia coal miners where you can only shop in the, you know, it was script. It wasn't actually like dollars, but you know, credit card, you know, a a swiping something serves the same purpose, right? You you can't purchase unless you have that. You can only purchase at certain places. And I guess also, you know, we're saying it's current technology, you know. Obviously, and I think we I think we were working around it. You know, coal was an old technology, but it's all gone to hell anyways. So right, even, yeah. even maybe there was lots of people there that tinkered to figure it out. We've got this kind of newer technology, but you burn coal and it, you know, produces something that spins something that, you know, powers something. Yeah. So there's lots of kind of retrofitting or, you know, that kind of thing. Right, yeah. Working. Yeah. I mean, you could this, you know, this metropolis that you live in could be kind of a more of a hybrid situation. You know, you still have that, that future tech. Um, but you know, in the end, the backbone is this old fuel source that, uh, that basically runs everything from, from below. So your, your hovercraft's rolling coal. So, but you got to do it. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, it had your, 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 uh, you might have an electric engine. It's, you know, it's the, it's the, the situation that a lot of people throw out right now. It's like, well, why buy an electric vehicle when that electricity is just coming from a coal plant anyway? It's like, well, that's, that's the situation you're in right now. Like the, you know, the, the, all the, all the technology technology is electric. Your suits run on batteries and all that kind of stuff, but you're using coal plants to charge all that stuff. So supplanted with there's probably you know still solar pat you know Mm -hmm. solar panels and wind turbines and everything but you know like dan said they're only useful for a certain period of time and the reason you guys have been you know this metropolis has been able to run so and kind of build up steam uh is um you know by hat by being able to supplant to to support it with this other fuel source that probably a lot of other places haven't been able to. And that's why they failed and you scrapped them and, 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 you know, took their tech into you and eventually grew your city out. All right. So I think we have um, your sir, what you have surplus of what is your null zone in need of probably food for, from the sounds of it. I mean, Mm. I doubt we have a lot of fertile fields uh, grow lots of crops. Yeah, true. Yeah. I mean, with with 
modern tech, we probably have some like hydroponics and things like that where we can grow inside where we're heating our buildings with coal. <laughs> but yeah, but but no fields, right? Like for a metropolis, we probably are a net importer of food. Makes sense. Right. And also, you know, between the the tundrous area that you live in and also the fact that, you know, you're you're in a metropolis, so it's packed with people. It's a former industrialized area and, you know, and it runs off of fossil fuels. You know, you're it's probably not the best growing, you know, growing circumstances. Like John said, you probably have like a a handful of, you know, those uh, hydroponic freight containers that you're able to grow some super basic stuff from, but it's not going to give you, you know, your wheat, your rice, you know, a lot, all your grains. It's probably really, and because you don't have that, you probably don't have a lot of animals that you can, at least not in a sufficient enough quantity that you can actually feed the population. So yeah, there's probably a lot of uh, necessity for just basic foods. You know, I think to Dan's point, maybe it is, you know, we're, we're surviving because it's maybe a, a step above subsistence, you know, where it, it's a big place, everybody's being fed, but it's really basic. It's the, you know, there's, there's nothing flashy about what we have, everybody's surviving and getting by, but, you know you know hard tack all the time isn't you know you want a bit of vegetables or fruits every once in a while <laughs> right exactly maybe, yeah. you know, maybe that is that anything we could make a, anything we could get above what we're making ourselves which is just the the minimum to keep everybody going yeah i have i have a follow-up to the coal yeah uh, gold is not uncommon in cold deposits most coal deposits contain above average crustal abundance uh, in fact many gold mines recover gold using heap leach technology and also uh, measurements of coal and coal ash have shown that it contained uh, localized high contents of noble metals, rare earths, uh, gallium, scandium, and selenium and other elements. So there could be byproducts along with coal. I mean, yeah, that, that answers that answers a question I, I I was about to bring up, which is all right. We need to bring in food. We have we have coal, right? That we that we use to power our, our just our city. Um, but what what do we have to offer the people that we're getting the food yeah. from, right? Because you can sell them coal, but they they probably don't have the facilities for like coal burning at the level where it would power a city. So true, what true. do we have to offer? But I think I think John just answered the question. Yeah. <laughs> Right, because we still because we have modern, which is advanced technology. Um, so they need you know things like selenium and things like that to make circuits to keep runner suits moving and like that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. So that I mean, so that that could be. So going back to what you have a surplus of too, um, that's a good point. Like it, your surplus could wouldn't necessarily could not necessarily be the coal. That's what your zone runs off of um but your surplus could be the um the the metals and minerals that are you don't necessarily have a need for uh, because you primarily run off of or at least uh you know halfway run off of fossil of the coal energy so you have this surplus of all these other minerals but all these uh, a lot of these other null zones they need it to 
keep their technology running. So a lot of a lot of that, you know, the stuff now. So a lot of those batteries that can store maybe geothermal or solar need all those kind of those those kind of those rare earth minerals or things like that. So maybe they're the replacing or trying to bodge their stuff. They're going to need those, you know, those weird elements that no one ever knows about, you know, to keep them going. So that I think that that fits in pretty good. Yeah. I think another thing that would actually make the well, I know this probably doesn't really help us at all, but it'd be kind of a good foreground thing. Like with like the the draft lottery council people or whatever, it, mm-hmm. it's also a, a plus that like if you're on the council, like you're like, oh, you know, for however long I'm going to be on here, maybe I'm going to get first dibs at like the good food. So it'd be like one of those things where like people right, are kind yeah. of excited about it. And maybe that creates tension between council members and just plain folk and stuff like that too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it. it's like politics now, like there could be council members that use that. They're like, all right, I'm going to use this position to get myself the good stuff now. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So looking at a uh, coal resource document, uh, Montana mm-hmm. and Wyoming uh, both have coal along with some other uh, metal, non-metal, fair stuff. Uh, Utah yeah. as well has coal. Uh, so just as far as like placement, if that matters. So you do have your your lower 48, but like upper middle country areas. We can also assume that, you know, a hundred and something years in the future and post-nuclear war, the weather patterns have shifted uh, substantially. You know, areas that are maybe not that cold today might might be very cold uh, in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But it's, so it sounds to me, basically, you know, what we're building here and the, 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 the politics and the, 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 the economy of it, that we're probably going to be... I guess working for the cities outside because this is not this is not the type of place right where you're gonna have like small runs. You need to feed a metropolis, and what you're trading for that is the kind of like rare rare minerals and metals and everything that only probably another fairly advanced you know outpost would would be interested in. Like your your right, average yeah. just group just surviving doesn't care that you you can provide them with like you know fifty pounds of vanadium. They can't anything with vanadium <laughs> like you know but like a more advanced city is like yeah we can use that to manufacture more electronics so um so it sounds like any runs that we would be doing unless we just like completely scrap like it's like all right this is a great setting and we're gonna live as far away from it as possible uh, <laughs> <so> otherwise <laughs> we're gonna live uh, on, those, on that on those outskirts and then exactly. through the metropolis yep. exactly so uh so it sounds like we'd probably be working for the metropolis directly uh, for rather large or you know uh, shipments, I guess, with you know and, and dealing with other other cities or other major organizations, not just with like individual traders. Right. Yeah. And I think that would kind of feed into when we get to the character. So one of the things I was thinking is, you know, it's always the question in any role playing game: How do you guys get together? How do you know each other? So maybe that what Dan was saying is maybe maybe that's a built in way we're to get co- us together right yeah, right, exactly. exactly. yeah. it's a company town we all work for the company right. Except yeah. instead of being run by like a ceo it's run by the union basically and maybe yeah maybe yeah. We're, hey, a new good, crew yeah. That, we're a new crew that's put together or something like that or you know we've worked together because i think what what you were saying jesse is you want us to have start kind of pretty low so maybe maybe this is 
our first runs or our first runs together, or, you know, it, like, as you know, as Dan said, it's a big metropolis, you know, we're not going to be the only game in town. Maybe there's, they needed, maybe there's an uptick in something or maybe something bad happened to a bunch of the other runner crews. They, maybe they need some more. We're being, we're being drafted in, not drafted mm-hmm. in, but you know, we're being a, a new cruise coming to the fore kind of thing. Right. Well, yeah. it's either, you know, be a butcher, work in the coal mines, you know, smelt or or take your chances and go run and make go a lot run, of money. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and Dan, I'm totally stealing your idea. Uh, I love that you mentioned that you that you mentioned a union. So the council is, you know, when you get drafted to the council, you you get drafted to the union. So that is like the the leadership of the of all the workers well, all of the iconography is just like clenched fists <laughs> <laughs> red is the predominant color yeah. Lots of gears and stuff like that yeah. are you sure you don't want it we can do you we can we can do a hardcore callback to the soviet union and you can be in northern <laughs> russia with the hammer and sickle <laughs> uh yeah i like it This podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop broadcast network. For more gaming-related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com.